This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hi, Ellis Pod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parking or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off could be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com It's when the time. Hello, Joe. Hello, Rich. How are you? Yeah, good. Right in the bedtime hour right now, so I can hear the little man screaming. So apologies if you can hear that. He is okay. He's just grouchy. How are you? I'm I'm well as well. Don't have the same sort of background noise issues, but uh, excited to be back for the EFL Trophy, everyone's favourite. Everyone's favourite, except mine and probably yours. This is this is probably the first time we've done a presser on the uh, on the Papa Johns, but because it's also deadline day coming up there's plenty to talk about yeah we have lots of well i say lots of transfer stuff some transfer stuff uh some clearing up of some things that were said last week as we head into the last week of the window we uh finish on thursday i think um and hopefully swindon will get two signings done by the sound of things well we'll talk about that a bit later on but we've just had a game against stockport you went did you enjoy yourself I did. I really thought Swindon played very well um, most of the time. Even you know, people always talk about they never had any confidence in seeing us out. I kind of felt we were dealing with you know, slowing the game down incredibly well. The sort of technical skill of some players like Khan and Williams is really helping and frustrating Stockport. But it didn't go in the end. Obviously, it was a draw. But if we, I was looking at the table afterwards and if we didn't concede late, we were actually in ninth place. So all of a sudden, we're looking quite good. But wasn't to be. Hopefully we can win tomorrow and then win at the weekend and we'll be there. Performance is getting better though, as, as Scott Lindsay keeps saying. Performances are definitely getting better. Yeah, and you got a little bit grouchy, didn't you, post-game? You got your 
you got your social media soapbox out uh, against fans who feel that non-wins are equating to poor performances, which in this case just wasn't the case, was it? Yeah, I had a long train ride home, so I think I had quite a while to look through Twitter and see what people had said. And it just irritated me a little bit. I think some people just get overly negative. I thought for a long time in my life that I was quite pessimistic towards Swindon, but it turns out I'm actually quite quite positive about about how we're doing and how things are. It's uh, interesting to have your preconception shattered like that, I suppose. <laughs> well, I think most people actually agreed with you and you had, you know, little bit of resistance from, I guess, what could be described as the usual suspects and their points are valid. However, you lost me with your anti-Jack Payne agenda. <laughs> what is this filth you talk of? I'm apparently the only person on the uh, anti-Jack Payne wagon. I'm not saying that he's a bad player. I just don't think he was as good as everyone thought he was. I I think fans generally, and it seems to be the case with Swindon fans, really like a player who tries hard. But as far as I could tell, that was Jack Payne's best attribute. Now, I don't want to wind people up too much, but he wasn't overly creative and he wasn't much of a goal scorer beyond penalties. I thought he worked hard and he was useful in that way, but far from irreplaceable. And I would actually say that Saidu Kani on Saturday put in a, the kind of performance that made me think that we very much have replaced him. Yeah, that's Twitter at... Acklam Joe, <laughs> one word for that debate. But we'll move on to the presser, which was with yourself, representing Total Sports Swindon, with Johnny Leefield of The Advertiser, and Andrew Hawes of BBC Radio Wiltshire. I've moved things about, really, to try and fit them all into a neat package. So we're going to start with the bits and pieces coming from the Stockport game and also positional discussion because there were two areas that were discussed during this one for a very specific reason which we'll get to later and that was transfers and we'll start there Scott Lindsay had to reiterate yet again that he doesn't have a number one and a number two although he kind of does but he is going to rotate them in the cups at least yeah we're very much saying that Ward is the cup keeper at the moment I think that's quite hard to disagree with because Sol Brin has been absolutely outstanding so far this season other than potentially in the Harrogate game but, um, you know, Ward very much wants first-team football, but, and he has shown that he is capable of performing at a level that would um, get him into most League Two sides, you would think. But at the moment, he is the number two. Lindsay said he was, you know, slightly dis- not disappointed for Ward, but it was unfortunate on his behalf that throughout pre-season, it, Bryn was getting the bigger tests in the games and the minutes that he had. And so... By the time it came to the season, he became the the obvious choice because he was just more ready for it. And because he's performed so well, Ward hasn't been able to get back into the team. And he's, you know, he's, he's going to continue being the number two and giving very stern backup to Sol Brin and looking to, you know, push him as, as much as he can and continue to make him, you know, as good a goalkeeper as he can be. But if Brin's performance levels were to drop, Ward could have definitely step in. As Lindsay pointed out, there was also a suggestion about uh, maybe some disquiet from Ward and if there had been offers to take him off our hands from other clubs. I think it was one or two weeks ago there were suggestions that a number of clubs, which I believe included Cambridge, which was slightly surprising given their League One, had been interested in Ward. But we were told in no uncertain terms that there had been no offers for Lewis Ward and Scott Lindsay very much wants to keep him. So... At the moment, it looks like he will, he will definitely start tomorrow and he will more than likely stick around 
until the end of the transfer window and for the foreseeable future. Yeah, big difference between offers and inquiries though, isn't there? Well, yeah, there's definitely a, a formal offer and just talking about things with different clubs. So as I think we've probably seen, because there, there was a suggestion that there have been no bids for anyone this summer, but you can't believe that there was no interest at all given the performance of our, some of our players last season. Yeah, and you, you don't want to lose Lewis Ward and that competition right now unless you have someone lined up, of course. Um, we don't want a, an under-18 as, as you cover um, this season because you just know knowing our luck, something will happen to poor old Sol Bryn. But yeah, I think it's essential to have two seniors, isn't it? I think definitely. You'd, you'd be on a very short um, turnaround window to get in someone else who... You, Maybe because you probably haven't been looking at goalkeepers. They might have some people that they like, but you don't know the availability. You'd be picking last on the playground for a free agent goalkeeper because you're not going to have two in on loan all of a sudden. So um, all of a sudden you'd be in a bit of a pickle if you did let Lewis Ward leave. So I think that would only ever happen in a very unlikely circumstance that comes someone comes in with a really big offer for Lewis Ward, which you wouldn't expect to happen. And it just helps to have someone around because, as you say, if Bryn picks up an injury or if his form dips a little bit, then Ward can easily step in and do the job, as he showed last season under studying for Wallacott. By senior, I mean a oven-ready goalkeeper instead of like a 38-year-old who has absolutely no interest in starting, but he's there and capable. But yeah, we'll see what happens there, but it doesn't sound like anything's happening. Big discussion point in our last pod, which we recorded this morning, um, was the right back situation. This was, of course, and you anticipated that this was going to be a big discussion point in the presser. What was said here? Yeah, there was the discussion of the right backs. Um, I've, I have, um, even in my rant on Saturday, was it was a little bit about Darcy being the right back, and I've written about um, why he's being used there and how that role has changed from, say, how we used it last season when Mandela Regbo or some other players would have played in that position. Um, and it was it was a suggestion that we right back is the other position we're looking for, really, that he said last week that we were looking for someone else, didn't specify what right back is, is what he said, which leads you to believe if he's gone from no discussion of it to some discussion of it, maybe there has been some progress in that area. But he... He definitely sees... We knew he didn't think Shade was a right-back. It's interesting to me that he doesn't think Romeo Hutton is a right-back. He's more of a wing-back, winger type, because certainly against Leighton Orient, I thought he was very... And indeed, the second half against um, Salford, I thought he was very good playing as a more natural right-back. But if that's maybe not the attributes he wants from someone who's playing in that deeper role rather than as a wing-back when you're tasked with providing width, then, then he doesn't see... Hutton or Shade as being first choice right side and then Darcy has stepped in because he wants them because he wants his right back to move inside and essentially play like a midfielder a bit not quite Joao Cancelo at Manchester City but that kind of idea so that's Darcy's best suited for that but we are looking for another right back who you would imagine would possibly be good off both feet so that they could fulfill that role whilst also maybe understanding going backwards a bit better than Ronan Darcy has shown so far. Which is why a few fans have said it would be nice to have Joe Tomlinson back. Yeah, of course, he's he'd be more than capable of doing that. We, I, I don't know his situation at Peter Adam, actually been keeping tabs. I don't imagine he's been starting too many games at the moment, but he would definitely be someone who could do that because he can play on both sides. So that would be really helpful. You could even see someone like, he's. we know he's, 
two weeks ago, sorry for spoiling the question, but Elise Andalo, if given that he would come inside, being able to use his left foot and play like a midfielder could also be useful. But we are definitely in the search for a right back at the moment. And I really liked Don Linson last season, so it'd be good if he, we could get him back. Yeah, yeah, he has um, played a couple times this season, um, but we're talking from the bench in terms of League One, and then, of course, the EFL Cup is there too. But, uh, yeah, he's played about four times this season for Peterborough, so that's definite scope for potential loan moves. Before we get into LSI Andalo and injuries, physicality was discussed. Why and, and what did Lindsay say? Well, it's one of the topics that, I guess, comes up when you're playing a academy side, essentially, which is what Crystal Palace under-21s, under-23s, I'm not quite sure what they're specifically designated as. I've been going with under-21s. But, um, yeah, because obviously as professional footballers who've been playing in the case of players like Angus McDonald or more likely tomorrow night, Matthew Baldry, um, you know, they they understand the physical side. That's the big step up that everyone talks about when you play first team football is the difference in the level of physicality of some of the players that you wouldn't see in uh, academy football. Um, but there was, especially as there won't be any Jake O'Brien tomorrow, because obviously he's off to Holland, I believe it was, Holland or Belgium, um, to go and play his football this season. So, but Lindsay was obviously very quick. He's not going to say, oh yeah, we're going to absolutely batter them physically because I would be surprised if we could do that to someone. And also, um, you know, he's gone that this team is going to be more interesting because the way that Swindon play with their possession style is usually a bit at odds to other teams in League Two. But when you come to an academy side, especially one like Palace, where you look at the type of players that they produce, they're going to be very possession heavy, probably as effective as doing it as most other sides, uh, um, you know, as as Swindon would be. And so it's going to probably be fought more on those terms, but Swindon likely would have that physicality edge, even if he didn't really want to acknowledge it too much. Well, let's talk about Crystal Palace under-21s, as they're being labelled this year. They've certainly had under-23s in this tournament and it's changed. Well, who knows? We'll just leave it at that. As you said, they've got a great reputation. And in terms of physicality, I've seen Crystal Palace under-21s a couple of times, actually, in person. And one thing that they don't necessarily lack is uh, is is strength. They produce players like Zaha, Moses, Mitchell, Klein, plus town links in recent years, John Bostock, and our very own Johnny Williams. They're managed currently by Paddy McCarthy. You might remember him from his time at Leicester and Crystal Palace. He was somebody Town might have been interested in in terms of management in the summer. Who knows? Most of their notable under-21s have already gone out on loan. So as you've already mentioned there, Joe Luke Plange and our very own former loanee, Jake O'Brien, have gone to Belgium. I think it's Molenbeek um, where they've gone to. Teo Adaramola has gone to Coventry and the very, very, very highly rated Jessarun Raksaki has gone to Charlton. Ben Garners-Charlton, they've started the season very well for them. Not that I guess it matters in terms of playing Swindon. They've scored 12 goals in four under-21 games, including a 5-1 win at Manchester United, which included Charlie Savage and Richie Wellens' lad. Who's also called Charlie. Are they both called Charlie? I don't know. I might have called the Savage. I believe it's Charlie Wellens, yeah. They've started very, very well. In terms of experience, they've got Killian Phillips, who's got uh, League of Ireland Premier League experience with Drogheda and... 
Ben Wills' new Port County had Rob Street, who's likely to start up front if he's not sent out on loan in the next 24 hours. It's a tricky one, this is, isn't it? What, what does Scott Lindsay want from this game? What's he looking for? Uh, his first answer was a win. Uh, we, we know Scott Lindsay. He loves those loves those big fat W's. Um, but it, he did talk about Chris Paris and it's, it being maybe more difficult to predict who their personnel are going to be. As you say, you know, a lot of the big hitters in inverted commas have already gone out on loan or potentially could go out on loan. I remember Richie Wellens talking about. I think it was when we played Arsenal, but we we had, or maybe it was West Brom in that relegation season. We played them first and before the loan players had gone out. Which and then the other sides had played a slightly weaker version of that team, so potentially there will be um, even less Crystal Palace uh, players featuring when in the other uh, EFL Trophy games. But uh, they'll change the personnel is is what they know. You know, game on game, you're looking to develop players, so people are going to be moving around, but the style is going to be very consistent, and their formation will be consistent, consistent, so that those players know what they're doing if they have to step into Patrick Vieira's team at any point. Indeed. You ask a question about one player um, in relation to this game, so we'll, we'll put that to the side just a moment, but we all want to know where, we are, where we're at with Ellis Iandolo. Did we get any specific timescales? We did get a specific timescale. We're uh, two weeks off um, Ellis Iandolo joining back in in full contact training. So we're obviously off the Kieran Brennan stuff now. He's back in the mix but Yandolo he's still coming back I think he said maybe a week ago that it was two to three weeks before he would be back in Yandolo is two weeks now specifically before they think they'll put him into proper training so he obviously won't be involved and will continue not to be until we're told otherwise who are you starting let's try and get an 11 together <laughs> this is going to be the most pointless and thankless task ever but you got Lewis Ward in goal yep yeah it's definitely Ward um he he made a few inferences towards the fact that he would probably move to a back three because of the the excess players that we have in the squad. So I would go off of that and predict that probably Baudry, Minturn and Harry's start in the back three. Or okay. it could be Not Brennan. It could be actually it could be Brennan. Um I think maybe Brennan and Brennan Baudry Minturn then. I feel like you definitely want to start Minturn in this game before he gets sent out on loan probably Agreed. quite soon. Um, and then your wing-backs, probably Romeo Hutton would start because he only came off the bench. And then George Cowmeadow, perhaps. I'm not sure how many actual first-teamers you have to leave in because the rules are quite strange. Um, midfield, Aguiar's been playing as the deeper player more often throughout pre-season and even has come on there one or two times. So I'd expect... Aguiar to be where Reed would normally play. And then Anton Dwarzak in midfield, maybe. They, I know I know they really like him, so that would make sense. And then maybe Saidu Khan, uh, just because you're short a bit numbers, and then probably Massey Adeloy at your front too. Yep. I think I mean I I honestly don't know what the rules are, but they seem far more relaxed recently from the days where we were playing a far too strong team in in this trophy. Hopefully that's the case. No Harry Parsons, of course. He's gone on loan to Banbury. He's played two games, both from the bench. I think they won one and lost over the bank holiday weekend. So uh, good luck to him 
at Banbury. What do you think of that move? Do you think he could... I mean, it's National League North is quite competitive, arguably more competitive than the South, but I, I kind of wanted a, a higher status club maybe in non-league than Banbury. I thought that he could have done a job in the National League having played well in the National South last season and then obviously been involved but not overly involved in our own uh, squad the second half of last season. But I would assume he was either... There was no interest or there was interest, but it was we want him as a sort of a squad option rather than someone where somewhere where he would start. And I think minutes are the key part. But I was doing the look into Banbury. It does look like they're currently a bit of an upward, upwardly mobile squad team because they got promoted last season and then have started this season very well. So if you can get into that sort of side, then that would be useful. I think I think it does show that the Chippenham link is diminished with Mike Cook not being there anymore. So I think we'll probably see less players go out there. But it, it's interesting. I can't imagine we've sent too many players to Banbury before. If they are going to be challenging at the top of the division, then Parsons being involved with that should be pretty useful. So if you can go out there and score you know, six or seven goals before January, then I think that would have been a fairly successful spell. Yeah, I'm prejudiced from the Mark Cooper era when we went out on, well, we went and played a friendly with them. Might have even been early, early, early Mark Cooper. It might even been tail end of Kevin McDonald when we went there. And I think they found a hammer on the pitch <laughs> <laughs> just while they're doing the warm up. Yeah, we've, we've only sent a couple of players there on loan previously. I think Lee Bedwell and Mark Scott. The goalkeepers previously played for Banbury at what would have been a lower level. So good luck to him, as already mentioned. Right, shall we listen to your audio? Let's hear it. Hi, Scott. Um, Hi, Joe. I was just wondering, you've obviously said that you don't, that you're looking to use this game to sort of let other players have a try. We've already seen you try and use your right back differently. Do you think you could maybe use it as a chance to experiment with different tactical ideas that you've had that you maybe wouldn't want to? throw straight into a league game? No, I've not, I've not looked at that, um, this game, for that reason at all. No, I've, I've, I've looked at what players need to play and what what players need to play um, minutes and, and kind of picked a side accordingly. Um, and yeah, and that's it really, you know, that I know we've got, um, we've got quite a lot of defenders in the building. Um, so we may need to, to shift to a back three because of that. Um, so yeah, we'll just have to wait and see with that. But we're, we've 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 got players that need to play. So no, there's no kind of experimenting or anything like that. It'll be just that players who need to play will play. Yeah, and then Reece Devine's coming back in. How much time do you think he would be able to play at this point? And um, how excited for you to have that option back? So obviously you've been without most of your left backs so far. Yeah, he'll not figure at all in the game. Uh, just to make you aware of that, he's he's not ready to to figure yet. Um, he's um, he's joining in bits in training, um, um, and we we don't want to kind of rush him back too soon and put him into a full contact game when he's not really had too much full contact in training. He's got through certain sessions, but them sessions have been a lot of non-contact. Um, he's done a little bit again today. Um, probably too soon for him to play tomorrow or certainly figure in the game. Yeah, and um, are you still looking with him with a view towards Gillingham or is it still further down the road? No, I think probably further down the road, if I'm honest with you. I think that he, he will probably be another couple of weeks before he comes into consideration. 
All right, that's all from me. Thanks, Scott. Thanks, Joe. I think it's a logical question, isn't it? This is a good opportunity, potentially, to experiment with formations, players, etc. But it's all about minutes for this one, isn't it? I think you do have to balance it because obviously you're not using the starters in this game. It's going to be a lot of newer guys. So maybe if you are giving them a few slightly strange or different things that they wouldn't be working on too much in training, then it would it would make make it a lot more difficult than it has to be for these guys who are just trying to try on their feet. I, think, I don't know if he would do it with the strikers, but I think someone like Tommy Adeloy really needs the confidence right now. So maybe if you do it, if you try and be too clever with it, then it's going to be going to make it more difficult but I just think you know off the back of everyone's favorite move playing Darcy at right back maybe he would be having a few more ideas of how he can evolve last season's squad and the way that we tried to play just just to keep improving it but I mean obviously the sounds were that it was development first and obviously if you if you're making it easier for them in those situations and it is probably better than trying to overcomplicate things. How important do you think this game is for the likes of Adeloy and maybe even Hutton? I don't think Hutton's been too bad, but he seems to be on some kind of improvement step uh, at the moment. But if, say, Adeloy, no one's going to care about this result. No one's going to care too much about anything about this game. But if Adeloy doesn't show sort of certain elements of promise, I do fear for him. Um, maybe that's unfair. I don't know, but this is a great opportunity for him to really get involved and, and hopefully score. I think this is in many ways quite unfairly huge for Adeloy. I think yeah. I think he was dealt a bit of a difficult hand with he came in this two seasons, two weeks later he was starting the season whilst half fit in a team that was, you know, didn't seem to be ready to get going. And, you know, he had to come out of the team quite quickly and obviously Jacob Wakeling who had a longer preseason hit the ground running so suddenly he's you know almost got almost no prospects of starting a game and we see we saw at Air United last season this is this is a guy who knows where the goal is and he is a big physical guy he looked he looked to me a bit like he was lacking that confidence when he came on against Stockport even though when I'd seen him play against Cardiff he he actually looked really good in what he did he was really tidy on the ball linked play well but didn't get the opportunities to go towards goal. So all of a sudden, you know, one month into his Swindon career, he's playing a massive match against the Crystal Palace reserve side, which is slightly strange. And if he is playing with some of the younger players, then it won't even be entirely his fault if he doesn't get on the score sheet. But it's, he's very much living and dying by the sword at the moment. And with Romeo Hutton, I've actually been very impressed with him. I thought he was absolutely outstanding every time I've seen him so far this season. But we switched to the back four. Scott Lindsay wanted to use his right back differently, I think, to, to cover more areas in transition, which maybe wasn't something that Hutton wanted to do because he's quite a, a bomb-on-provide-whip type fullback. So, again, that, that change in formation maybe hasn't helped him. And then that miss against Stockport, where I think the goalkeeper actually did pretty well, even if he should score, Um you know, and he's suddenly he's right wing and people aren't sure if he is one and that miss makes makes things change for him. So maybe again, a switch, the change in formation that I ex- anticipate to come will help him in that. But it, it is it's probably quite big for him as well in, in keeping in the reckoning if he's going to have to be used as a right winger rather than a right back more often than not. Yeah, I completely agree on Hutton. And Adeloy, I don't know, it's just... 
you kind of look at careers like Jermaine Hilton, where they came in with great goal scoring records and they just struggled to get those starts, didn't he? And it just didn't work out. And then injuries prevented him from, from starting early in the season too. Those are the sort of things you remember, but of course it can happen. You know, you can start, you can start slowly and get going and it's not necessarily about goals either. He just needs to put in a shift that will fans will acknowledge as he clearly works hard, but he's just got to have the rub of the green, I suppose what I'm saying here. Yeah. I think, he definitely does need to work hard. And I think the reports from myself and Johnny and the the people who go to the game are going to have to be good. But at the end of the day, there's probably going to be less than 2,000 there tomorrow night. And most people won't see it. And if he doesn't score and plays 90 minutes, so we're like, we've signed a duffer. He's been, you know, he's had a patchy record depending on the clubs he's been at. And he's, he's not good enough when we're, in. I think in most people's minds, searching for a striker in quite a similar mould to Tony Adeloy. So... I think a, a goal would be really helpful for him, however it comes. And but definitely a, a strong performance that shows he's he's up for the fight would be just as helpful. Really would. Good luck to the guy. I really hope it gets better for him. Not that it's drastically bad currently. Reese Devine won't play, as mentioned there. Funny because it sounds so. <laughs> Lindsay really made it sound like he's like, well, he might not start, but you know, it's like, wow. And we discussed it in the last episode. Like, I don't think he's going to be anywhere near the squad, and he wasn't. Um, but now it's kind of downgraded to he's not. Also, he's also not going to play this one. Yeah, the, well, we both thought that he wasn't going to be anywhere close to Stockport, but maybe there would be the chance yeah. of him coming in and playing some t- some minutes against Crystal Palace ahead of maybe a return to the squad against Gillingham, which is. Why I asked the question because obviously he's no longer really on the injury report because he's back, but he's not been in contact training as as Lindsay said, so it, he won't be for the rest of this week. So it is it's still a process where he's working his way back and is probably actually no closer to the team than Elise Andalo is at this point, even if he's further along his recovery. Prediction wise, why not? I'm going to say 2-1 Adeloy Brace. What are you going for? 3-0 uh, Adeloy Hattrick. Oh, let's go Adeloy. <laughs> right, before we go, it's that time of the year. Yet again, the deadline slams, all the windows slam shut, and everyone gets super excited and then super disappointed by the end of the day because most clubs have done their business. It sounds like we're going to get two, hopefully, in and it sounds like nobody certainly permanently unless something drastic happens in the next few days is leaving am i right indeed as previously discussed the loan players don't have to go before the end of the deadline so that doesn't really matter and you know scott lindsay is definitely hoping to keep everyone around if there's been no firm interest in players then you would expect something would have to come a little bit out of the blue and be quite firm and quite lucrative for Swindon to consider parting with someone like McCurdy or Lewis Ward. So out would be a bit of a surprise. So if I get that text from Dave Rickson, I'll be, you know, crying whilst typing up the copy. Um, And and with incomings, we're, as as previously stated, looking for a right back, looking looking for a striker. The striker chat was essentially the same, that that we're in discussions with people and we remain confident that that guy is going to come in I think it's going to go down to the wire the way it's going. I'm, I'm not anticipating being being told of something coming before Thursday, to be honest, because a bit because of Crystal Palace and a bit because 
I think we really are just waiting on clubs to know exact other we're sort of at the bottom of a bit of a chain reaction where we're waiting for one club to know one thing so that they know if they can get rid of a player and then then we will be able to bring them in potentially I don't know if this would happen it would have to happen really quickly for uh, Tyree Simpson to go to Huddersfield and then for them to dispense with him like they did Kyle Hudlin so that would have to happen very quickly at this point if he were to join Swindon and then but we must be just looking elsewhere seeing what we can bring in I don't, we don't obviously don't know the type of striker that um, that is desired by Lindsay if it were me I would be looking for someone who could play out wide and through the middle because I think we are even if he is counting Hutton and Shade as wingers, I, I feel like we're a little wide, out, a little light out wide. So if someone could play that role, then that would be quite useful. But I know everyone wants their six foot five proven goal scorer type that we always want. Yeah, has Tyree Simpson to Huddersfield gone through yet? I know there were a lot of uh, a jumping of the gun images on on online weren't there but has it happened well it caught Fabrizio Romano's attention but is it's still not happened this I guess we're still they're still in discussions I'm not quite sure what Ipswich are waiting for at this point because they have a player they don't want and the championship club is reportedly coming with a not insignificant amount of money to take them off their hands but yeah it would be a really really quite swift maneuver and I think Swindon would have to be a bit ahead of things and already in discussions with Huddersfield about a player they don't even own yet for that to happen this window so if so I I would be a little bit surprised if it's him just because with the short time frame it would be quite difficult to pull off oh a lot of people behind the scenes not necessarily at the club but people who know stuff seemed very confident that Tyree Simpson might be a thing and that the only way it's going to happen is if it, if his new club send him out to Swindon immediately, like they sign him at Lee Delamere or somewhere and, <laughs> and send him straight to Swindon. It's not really our business to talk about, but if Ipswich have essentially recalled someone in January, had no intention to play them, force them or convince them to sign a contract and then get over half a million for him as being speculated, then they've kind of nailed it, haven't they? It's not the nicest way of doing things but they've, if they've if they've got over half a million out of nothing then that's quite that's quite an achievement from them i don't like saying that i feel grubby but it feels that way it's a, it's remarkably good business from a situation that feels like it shouldn't have been because they played it terribly and then still got the money they would have wanted anyway i think the argument would be if they'd brought simpson back and attempted to use him although obviously ipswich have quite a lot of strikers so he's a fair way down the pecking order, um, then maybe they could have got even more. But I think they'd be fairly pleased with someone who scored, a, you know, not a huge amount of goals in, in their career so far, who's played a small amount of games, none of them for Ipswich, and suddenly they're getting big bucks. It doesn't really happen in the AFL. No. Well, we'll see what happens there. And we'll talk about it on the pod. And if there's lots of stuff happening, we might even do an episode dedicated to it. Who knows? But until then, I'll speak to you at the end of the week, Joe. Thank you very much. Speak to you then, Rich. The Lone Strangers is an independent podcast and views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club. The intro music of The Presser is by the amazing Drag Me Down, influenced by the great Matthew Kilford. And the podcast artwork is by Matt in Singapore. What a guy. 
Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Has a bubble. Hi, Ellis Pod fans. It's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant, like Darren Ward. Or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.